0: One of the best food scenes in the country, right here in Minnesota. And nobody knows it like magazine food critic and James Beard Award finalist, Jason Derusha. Now bringing you the most interesting people and hottest trends. Let's listen in as Derusha Eats. Welcome to another episode of Derusha Eats. It's Jason Derusha coming to you from Minnesota, downtown Minneapolis, where sometimes the food media turns our attention to restaurants that are not in the middle of Minneapolis or St. Paul. Today, we focus on some of my favorite people who are running the kinds of restaurants that you go into and you just feel like makes you feel good. These restaurants don't always get the critical acclaim. But the pedigree of the people behind these restaurants certainly is high concept, high level, fine dining uh, but they found a new life, running, I don't know, neighborhood kind of sit-down restaurant, still with interesting cocktail menus, uh, the kind of restaurant that, well, you're lucky if you've got it in your town. Stephen Hesse worked in some of the best restaurants in the Twin Cities before opening his Mexican-inspired restaurant, Pajarito. He'll explain how he ended up owning 13 Restaurants, including a chain of suburban pub style restaurants, Lucky's 13 Pub. Eclectic culinary concepts is the name. Pretty cool story from Steve Hesse. Plus, Joe Ellens and Brad Nordine went from city restaurants to an East Metro tourist town right on the edge of Wisconsin and Minnesota. In fact, they have a restaurant in Hudson, a couple restaurants in Stillwater, Lolo American Kitchen, Lolito, and now they're involved in a new pizza place as well that they'll talk about called Melt. From fancy fine dining to mini restaurant empires, that's this edition of Derussia Eats. So glad to have Stephen Hesse with us. Steve, thanks for coming in. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Now, your real claim to fame with this show and I don't even know if you realize this but when you invited me to be in the parade yeah in <laughs> yeah. Mendota yep. the Mendota Days Parade you had a big like vinyl sign made up yes that, that was on the side of the convertible yep in. when the state fair came around this radio station and we could We could address this one of two ways. We could say that this radio station is so cheap that they didn't make (laughs) signs for us. Or we could say, you know, as a pretty new hire, like they didn't have time yet. They're not ready to commit quite yet. So at the State Fair, we hung your sign up. Nice.
1: uh, At the booth every day. Well, that's great. I'm glad you got use out of it. Yeah.
0: And now it's still hanging in our office over there. Awesome. So very (laughs) nice. Uh, why Why don't you tell everyone how many restaurants you own? Uh, with your team right now?
1: Yeah, well, right now we have 15 restaurants. We have six different concepts. Um, everybody kind of knows us Knows us for Pajarito, of course, that we opened in 2016. And then um, we had an opportunity to buy another restaurant group um, a few years back, and we have Lucky 13's, Yankee Tavern, Mean Julio's, The Clover. Uh, we have a couple stores in Fargo. So we have JoJo's and then the Lucky's in Fargo and Bismarck. And then we have uh, uh currently we are working on a project in Cape Coral, Florida right now. So
0: You're doing a project yeah. in Florida? Yeah,
1: yeah, we're looking down there. We we bought some property about 8 months ago and we're you know, with the hurricanes coming in of course, we're kind of the last route to get some things fixed. So we're not in we're trying to get open hopefully by next year, but you know, everybody's yeah. a little backed up down there right now, so we understand that. So
0: How does a guy go from <laughs> Well when we when I first did a story on you, you were a chef at uh Liberty. Libertine, Libertine I think. yeah, with uh uh I opened that with him, yep. Yeah. And yeah. you were at uh Chino, right? No, Tig was at oh, Chino, Tig my was partner, at yep, Chino.
1: yep. So that's kinda where we became friends and then uh, eventually business partners. He was at Chino and I was at Liberty. We knew each other before that when I was with Masu and things like that. Um, with Tim and, and Ty could work for Tim, but that's kind of where we met. And but you became... had always
0: worked in sort of one off, yep. solitary rest, pretty much. Yeah, yep, yep. Uh, and now you own how many? Uh, we have fourteen,
1: and we'll be fifteen. Yeah, it kind of it was a pretty crazy whirlwind uh, the last three years. So.
0: Lucky's, when you got involved with Lucky's mm-hmm. and bought that group up, yep. what what was it that drew you guys, you know, you had, at that point, did you have two pajarito? We had the Pajarito
1: in St. Paul and then the Dinah was just starting, was going to again. open again. Yep. Because we were supposed to open right before they shut down in COVID. Uh, and then we we never really got open. And then we opened, of course. But um, the opportunity was there. You know, uh, one of our other partners, Charlie Burroughs, started it. And he, he also started Axles and Bonfires and things like that. Uh, my wife had actually worked for Lucky's since the day they opened, um, so she's been with the company 15 years. Your wife uh, was
0: a server, right? She was a bartender, and server, a bartender, yep, everything. All kinda, sorts of jobs. Yep, and then um, the opportunity- Did your wife say, like, could you please buy this?
1: Well, yeah, so Charlie had had sold the company <laughs> before, her money too, before like, COVID, maybe, yeah, yeah. Um, and then that company, something happened with them, they decided during COVID they were going to maybe shut them down and close them up, and my wife had worked for the company so long, and- um, me, Charlie, and Tyke sat down, and Charlie brought up the idea of us uh, purchasing it and seeing how it would go. And my wife's like, "Please, please, I don't want it to close. Like, yeah. it's a family. We've been together so long, and uh, so it just kind of worked out, and we made it happen. And now we're going on it'll be December twenty first. Will be two years we've owned all of them. So
0: it's been how, crazy, fun, but crazy. What is it like? You know, I mean, these are very different concepts, yes. right? Yep. So Lucky's thirteen, largely suburban, yep. all suburban.
1: Yep. Yep.
0: And more like, uh, you know, your neighborhood your, pub. Your
1: neighborhood pub, yep, absolutely. Is I mean, it different to run it, or is it... Um, You know, it was a little learning curve with the style of, you know, we the food's always been homemade there. Everything's been from scratch since day one, so that was a nice part. Um, you know, kind of reinventing some dishes and trying to see as Ty and I are chefs, and I you know Charlie was a chef back in the day. You know, he, he's not too much of a chef anymore, but um, he still got really good ideas, and it, we, it was a little, the first six, eight months was a little difficult Our trying to put our spin on things and it just wouldn't fit for the style that Lucky's was or people were used to. But um, I think now we've got it down and we, we have a really great team with our operations managers, our corporate chef, our our partners. Uh, we meet every week. We go through stuff together as a team. It's not just Tig and I and Charlie making decisions. We really... Really like to take advice from everybody, even the GMs, the bartenders, the servers—you name it. We we try to pull everybody together to make it the best we can make it for the community yeah. they're in. Because, you know, like I said, we have one in Bismarck, and we yeah. really trust those people in Bismarck to make the decisions on how we should push things forward, what they're looking for change. And then you get into Pajarito, where we're a completely different animal there, where it's all high end craft cocktails, um, all that stuff. So it's just—it's a nice—it's. It's really nice to have so many different options to be able to do, you know, our Yankee Tavern League is a big barbecue. So we are learning new barbecue stuff and doing things like that. And um, it's really fun to have the diversity in food that we can do and, and different areas, whether it's city, suburban, rural, I mean, you name it, we're kind of all over. So uh, it's fun to be able to try things and see what the guests like. And the staff and the, the guests too. I mean, they they they've all been in there for years and years, and they've been there a lot, and they see us come in, and they're super happy. And we pick their brain mm-hmm. on things too, and it, it's so it's kind of an all around big team. So it, it's 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 a lot of fun. And the, I'm very happy.
0: The group is appropriately named eclectic culinary concept.
1: Yes, yep. we have right. a very eclectic group of people, um, and it's kind of fun. And, and you know, Charlie's been in this business. Uh, I mean. 40, 45 oh, years. He started,
0: you know? I mean, you you ran through it, some of oh, the places yeah, you started. Yeah. You know, what I love about this and what I love about your group and what you bring to it is that sometimes there's like, there can be a city-based snobbery yeah. <laughs> about what goes on in yep. the suburbs or the exurbs or rural Minnesota. Yeah, absolutely. But- I'm curious from your perspective, I mean, is, obviously we agree that that's misguided.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, I think, you know, as long as you're putting out product and you're treating your staff the way they should and they're happy and, and the staff's happy and you take their feedback and you don't just push things down their throat and say, this is the way I want to do it, let's do it. We take their opinion every time. a Menu changes, menu ideas, what we're yeah. doing for promotional stuff. Um, You know, coming up with Christmas stuff, who wants, you know, who's going to do Breakfast with Santa or the Grinch or things like that. We do it at the Luckies and we kind of get their feedback and figure out what really works for the vast majority of people than just what community they're in, what part. We, we try to stay, you know, we do a lot of things with the local schools when it comes to those locations in places like Roseville and Burnsville and Plymouth where we try to get in with the high schools and the community to, to figure out what they're looking for as well. And, um, yeah, I mean, every month we have meetings with all the GMs and the chefs and figure out where we want to go the next month, what our goals are, what our future is, how yeah. are we going to change it to be
0: better, and it's, it's awesome. Steve Passi is our guest here on De Russia Eats, brought to you by the Minnesota Pork Board today. When you look at, you know, the the suburban dining scene, mm-hmm. and you know this because you live out, you live in the suburbs. Yeah, yep. I live in Cottage Grove. None of us want only kind of out-of-town corporate-owned chain restaurants in yes. our towns. Yeah. Do you look at kind of what you guys, do you think about your role in that, kind of what, what your restaurants, and you look at like Lucky's 13, yeah, which I has mean, been around for a while? Yeah, I
1: mean, you know, a lot of people... Call Lucky's a chain because we have multiple locations. It's sort of. But, you know, we try to keep the individual with the chefs. We do specials. We do this. So we try well, that's to that's what I'm them. saying. You
0: guys are a hometown. Yeah. You're, you still yeah. really reflect the hometown community. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. We're, and it's that's, locally
0: owned. I mean, I I don't think of it the same way I would think of it. No.
1: Out of I mean, now. that's what a lot of people are saying. You know, oh, you know, they'll, we'll go into different community. And they're like, oh, we don't want a chain restaurant here. Like, we're not a chain. We're from, like, he's from Inver Grove. I'm from Cottage Grove. You know, Tyke's from Stillwater. Like This is a family owned and operated. We're, you know, we go to every restaurant every week. We talk with the GMs. We talk with the chefs. I mean, we're at every community. Um. Even when it gets out of state, you know we don't get there as much as we'd like to, of course. But right. you know, it's uh, Bismarck's not the best drive in the world. <laughs> it's, it's a little <laughs> it's flat, a lonely, and, oh, quiet yeah, drive to that's Bismarck. One of the, it's one of the longest drives, but it's you know times to get reflected and you do things. But yeah, we try to keep it as is as, as community based and as as family based as possible, and we do that with our our managers
0: that are there yeah.
1: and the guests that come in. I mean. I- that's absolutely
0: are there menu items that you tried that you thought i don't know if they're gonna go for it but that people did end up liking
1: yeah there's been a there's been a couple hit or misses for sure (laughs) you know
0: what are are some of the hits
1: um well you know we we change our menu at Lucky's. we try to do it every six months pajarito of course we do it every three months it's a lot of things so it just kind of depends on what area you're in um you know when it comes to pajarito you know, our more eclectic style food and different types of ingredients run a lot better there. Yeah, um, when Pajarito, we go to
0: Mexican inspired. Yeah,
1: absolutely, more contemporary Mexican. Contemporary you know, and then Mexican.
0: you go to Lucky's and it's very pub
1: push forward. So we try to come up with new pub ideas that necessarily wouldn't look as it as completely different. And you know, we did an ahi tuna burger one time that would never be on a, a menu like that before. I know it doesn't seem like a crazy thing for most people, but when you get into those suburban type of areas where they're not yeah. used to different styles of
0: stuff, Burnsville, Mendota, yeah, Bloomington, yeah, like maybe you know, you, some you don't see that some
1: crushed and some yeah. well, unfortunately you know we thought was a great idea for us, but maybe it would work more towards our Pajarito side or things like that. But how do you track it? Do you uh, we get feedback from the guests and we get feedback from the staff. So
0: when we first took over, you get like sales data where you're like, oh, this isn't selling. Yeah, or, well,
1: we yeah. did that, and when we first took over for the first year, we actually when people paid their tabs or their bills, we put a, a, a thing in there and we wanted people to say what they really wanted to see or what they didn't see or what was different what was changing huh. we wanted the feedback from them and did they do it absolutely I... we had to get 40 50 60 of them every couple weeks and we'd wow. go through them every week and we'd see what people were looking for what they thought we should have there what you know didn't work what did work what they wanted to see change and we took that what really a younger
0: took it. chef has have listened to no, what the guest not. was saying.
1: Twenty five years ago? No way. I mean, come on. I mean. You, of course know, not. you know, you're twenty some years old. Chef you knows think best. you know everything. Now yeah. I take advice from everybody because, you know, we're here for the we want everybody to be happy, not just us. So we're we're in it for the guests coming in as our number one and our employees are number two. Um, you know, I think it's a pretty close tie between one and two. Um I'm last. Like my my <laughs> opinion matters the least at this point. I, I want to make sure that the staff and the guests are the most important. Isn't that and, interesting? Yeah, we did it for almost
0: a year and what what it was kind awesome. of unlocked that for you to understand like that's really that's where you want to go. I
1: think be. it changed when I opened Pajarito. Um when it was I wasn't working for somebody else, I was working for myself and I really wanted West seventh and West seventh, yep, yep.
0: Working yep. class neighborhood. Yep.
1: And it was me and Tig and we were there six days a week, ten hours a day, eleven hours a
0: day for two years. You were worried that people wouldn't Wanna pay. Yeah. Or just come. We wanted to make Wouldn't sure everybody come. that walked in
1: was happy. So we were there every day asking and, and it wasn't here's what you get, you didn't like it and I don't care what you think. This was okay, what you know, when the people would complain or they would just make comments, we listened and we we would change it like that and it, and it was nice to be able to do that because it was our restaurant it wasn't we didn't have to go up the chain to be like okay well somebody didn't like this <laughs> right we have to wait 3 months to get an answer and we do the same thing now even though we have so many locations we change things if we need to on the fly if we really did i mean we're not perfect and we're we're not the smartest people on the planet we try new things they work they don't work and when they don't work we change them right away i don't care if we have to spend money to print menus or do whatever or we retrain the staff we want to make sure that people are happy. And I think when we opened Pajarito and we really took feedback from, you know, like you coming and give us reviews, you know, everything. Yeah. We, we took it as good stuff, bad stuff, and then we kept tweaking and tweaking. And, and after a while, we're just like, we want to pe- – <laughs> we know we try to do the best we can, and we just want the people to know that we're willing to listen and not just make our own opinions on
0: things. So Cool. Steve Hesse is with us. Uh, Lucky's 13, Pajarito, a number of different concepts, expanding into Florida. We'll ask Steve some of his favorite restaurants to eat at that he doesn't own. It's a tough question. A of them. Someone will have hurt feelings. We'll get into that in just a minute on Drive Time with DeRusha. DeRusha Eats. We thank the Minnesota Pork Board for their support. So we bring you food coverage here in the Twin Cities, suburbs and beyond. Stephen Hessey, Uh, Joining us, uh, his team owns a number of different concepts in the Twin Cities, uh, including Lucky's 13 Pub and Pajarito. We were just talking about the Mudroom, which is uh, attached to Lucky's 13. Yep, it's in the basement in
1: Mendota. It's a little speakeasy. It's got its own little entrance, and we're open um, Thursday, Friday, Saturdays only right now. And we have a band every night, uh, craft cocktails down there, a little small plate menu. Um, that's been really fun too. So you're
0: bringing music to Pajarito in St. Paul. Yeah,
1: we do tacos, uh, and tunes on Thursdays. Um, so down in the basement, we have a private dining space that seats up to about 60 people, um, you know, for business lunches during the week or parties on the weekends. Uh, we have a full bar down there, all that stuff. And, um, yeah, we do a little tunes thing down there. We bring a band in a little small one to three people and just do a regular menu down there. Do
0: people want more entertainment with their experience uh, right now? You know, now?
1: I think if you're not in a main, like if you're in the main restaurant in Edina or like Lucky's, it's different. But if you're going into a basement where there's no windows, there's nothing and it's kind of dark and it's supposed to be that speakeasy a thing. I think if it's not, you're not there for an event of any sorts, I think it's good to have something a little It's atmosphere, you know?
0: Yeah. yeah. So you're bringing lunch back to Pajarito.
1: Yep. St. Paul, Edina's lunch has been open for a while. St. Paul, we're starting again here uh, next week. Um, So that would be, or actually, you know what? It's this week, starting tomorrow. um, We'll be opening up. Um, this week, start Wednesday through Sundays from 11 to three and then happy hour three to six and then back to normal hours at night, but
0: is we it, haven't been is open it hard for lunch. to keep all this stuff straight. How are you keeping all of this straight?
1: I have a very good team and my wife <laughs> is very reminding. She's very good. She's one of my operations manager and Robin too, as well. they they both, they're the heart of it. And Doug is our corporate chef. They, they tell us what to do pretty much.
0: So. Are you able <laughs> to see your family? Oh yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, I work with my wife every day now, which is nice. You know, you know, yeah. she's one of our partner, you know, a, as, a, as an operations manager, so sure. it's very nice. So we get home, and she asks me if I'm punching or out yet because <laughs> something will come up, or a manager will call her about something. It'll be like 8 o'clock at night, and we're just sitting down. Finally, have to put the kids to bed, and she'll kind of give me that look. And are you punched in or out? And I'm like, you know what? I'm just punched out. Tell I'm me tomorrow. Right. Okay, sounds good. And then I'll go, okay, what is it? She's like, no, you told me. I'm like, well, I got to know now. Um, but it works out very good. We have a good team. And yeah. your
0: kids are...
1: Yeah, I have uh, I have three kids, 17, 10, and eight, and yeah, they're I actually see them a little bit more than I did just running the one restaurant because nice. I have your, such a
0: great team. You have the team. Yeah, does a seventeen-year-old work at any of the restaurants?
1: Uh no, he he helped a little bit a couple years ago at Pajarito, just doing some dishes and stuff. But uh, he He's actually like, for me, he works at Chipotle. Yeah. Hey. How about <laughs> I tried that? to keep my he did a country What's club. What's the this problem? Summer. You're not paying it up. <laughs> no, he did at, he did a country club this summer and uh, I was trying to get him out of the restaurant business a little bit just to yeah. kind of try some different things, but um, he liked it and uh, the country club closes for the winter and his a couple of his buddies work there and he's like, I'm gonna go work with my pals, so it's he goes fun and to work, work there. with your friends. Yeah, right? they have a good time and you know, it's funny. it's funny. So
0: that is funny. Yeah. My my oldest worked at a country club too. Now he works at Walgreens. Yeah. Like, well, he was I'm working not, at
1: Fleet Farm before, and I was like, oh, that's great. And then he just said, I had to go in the restaurant. That's good. I, yeah. I don't
0: know. I like to, I like these teenagers to work. Exactly. Even yeah. if it's one day a week. Yeah. Like yep. He does two, three
1: days. His school is important first. Yeah. You know, he's a senior in high school. That's his number one, but um, he does pretty well in both. So I'm, cool. I'm, I'm happy for him.
0: Oh, that's great. All right. Three restaurants that you like to go to oh. that aren't your own.
1: Well, um, there's so many. I like a lot. You know, with the family, we live in Cottage Grove. There's not a ton of options out that way. Um, my kids really love, uh, the restaurant at Presswick Country Club, ah. which is called The Wick, yeah. um, which actually used to be an Axel's, one of Charlie's oh, restaurants, right. which is funny. Um, but it's an easy place. It's nice. You know, they decorate beautiful for the holidays. My kids love it. Um, the little ones, especially with all the lights and stuff, um, date night and stuff. Uh, a couple of days I'm going to La Grassa, Bar La Grassa with the wife for nice. a little holiday dinner and, um... I like the old, you know, Digidios, You know, Jason Cheetah from Digidios is a good buddy of mine. I like going there a lot with the family. Digidios, uh,
0: I think, is just yeah. killing
1: it. I love it. I love it there. I mean, it it's, just so old, it's just old school. It's just old school. You easy. know, you go to Casetas. I
0: like Casetas, too. Uh, you know, it's all, you know, old school St. Paul. There's something about December that brings out, I know. like, I want to go to those nostalgic. Yeah places that and have growing been up growing up on that side,
1: you know when I wanted to open a restaurant that was kind of the, that's why we went to that location is because uh-huh. I, I grew up in that area you know I went to culinary school at Jake Cassetta, and I hung out down there I worked at St. Paul Hotel for many years uh-huh. when I was younger, so it was like I want to do something now it's kind of that nostalgic I feel like I'm in high school again going over there right. and like oh I'll go to Digidio's. it's this is, you know it's awesome so
0: we had a big family dinner. They have the, this big round table in the bar. Yep. yep. Which it just was so great. Yeah. Yeah. It was great. Like, sometimes it's hard, even as your family grows, you know, for us, it's just with it, 10. Yeah. You're like, just going out with my sister-in-law and her kids yep. and my my mother and father-in-law, you're like, oof. And that's party yeah, for ten. I need a big enough space. Yeah, so is a yeah, there's a lot. I mean,
1: there's so many places, but I don't, you know, I don't get a chance to go out out too much. Right. Um. Those
0: so, are good. why do you think Bar Grasse is so popular?
1: I don't. It's awesome. They do a great job. They always have. I haven't been there in a while, and we have just talked about places to eat. It's my wife's birthday recently, and another friend, and nice. we're just like, I'm like, where's the one place want to go? We have one time to get out the yeah. next couple of weeks, and she's right away. So like, Grasse, I said, Gosh, I haven't been there in a while. We're going. So it's, it's going to be great. A lot of places. It'll be great. You'll yep. love
0: it. Uh, I'm so happy for your success Thank you and you very I'm much. happy for all these communities all around the state that get like great local ownership yeah. and people who are taking care it's of it. It's
1: great. We're very grateful and we're very, very happy with our staff and our guests and we we do our best to do the best we can. And of course we're not perfect, but we try to evolve every day and make it better for everybody and as much as we possibly can.
0: All right. So. Lucky's 13 pub, go check them out. They're all over the Twin Cities, but then you've got the Clover, Yankee Tavern, uh, Pajarito and the Mudroom as yep. well. Very good. Awesome. Steve Hesse, thanks so much. I appreciate it. Thank you. The Russia Eats continues. Here's your host, Jason DeRussia. This week, we've been featuring restaurant uh, restaurateurs who have restaurants outside of the Minneapolis-St. Paul immediate core. So earlier this week, uh, we talked about some restaurants uh, in the south suburbs and all over the place. And now... Uh, we're focused on the St. Croix River area, Stillwater, in Joe Allen's and Brad Nordine, uh, from Lolo American Kitchen, Lolito Cantina, and proper uh, Stillwater proper distilling in Stillwater are here in studio. Glad to have you guys here.
2: Well, glad to be here. Thank Thanks for having us. having
0: us. Yeah, well, you know, Joe brought booze, so <laughs> you guys can come any day you want if you're going to bring me some bourbon and some Amaro. That's for sure. It's the Christmas gift that keeps giving. Uh, how did you guys get started with with the first restaurant which was lolo uh, in stillwater
2: um I think Joe just called me up one day and said there was a space to look at and I was like okay I'll come down and look at it and we got down there and I said wait we're gonna put a restaurant in here <laughs> because I think it's about 1500 square feet and <laughs> it's pretty small <laughs> it's right yeah but luckily we work with an architect that kind of had the plan to Put The restaurant in, and so the name is Hafe Architects, and they basically kind of worked with us on the design. And we right on got the main street, yep. mm-hmm. right in the
0: heart of Stillwater, and that opened in what year, Joe? Uh, 14. 2014,
3: yeah. So uh, I think it was May 5th of uh, 2014.
0: And what was the dining scene in Stillwater at that time? You know, at the time, it was mostly um, a lot of
3: bar restaurants that were just kind of concentrated on you know your typical handhelds, burgers fries etc um, there was one restaurant which I was currently uh, working at the time which is small ice cream barbecue that was pretty unique and there was a couple others here and there at the time La Belvie had already moved out to uh, 510 in Groveland uh, but the the restaurant scene was pretty everything was kind of the same if you will it was kind of a party yeah, bar yeah, exactly. like that sort of walk vibe, around right? go to another bar hit a, get another drink and um, when we went in there we were trying to change the scope in a, in a sense of you know bring in you know As much as we could, um, locally sourced ingredients from different various farmers, um, organic, sustainable, and make a rotating menu of a lot of different uh, shareable fun place that people could. We created the mantra, which was eat, drink, socialize. We wanted people Mm. to share and kind of eat the way the chefs and uh, bartenders like to eat, which is order a ton of food and just
0: dig in. Brad, your background is as a chef, right? You were at Phil's Terror Hideaway for a long time?
2: Yeah, about 10 years. Did a couple different stints there.
0: And so you had ideas of like, all right, here's the here's kind of a twist I would like to put that I think Stillwater would love.
2: Yeah. And, I mean, we looked at starting with small plates and more entrees, and then we found out r- right away that it was people just kind of, you know, build the restaurant themselves. It's your clientele that builds the restaurant and so it wound up kind of morphing into, like, we put tacos and burgers on there as just kind of a side afterthought. And that's right. kind of what we found out within a month took off. And we're like, oh, let's focus on this. And that's really kind of been the driving force. And now we've incorporated, like, sticky rice bowls. And, I mean, the entrees still sell, but we don't have as many as we originally planned
0: on. Yeah, interesting, I mean, right? The people the people do tell you what what they want joe
3: yeah we changed it, it we pivoted really quickly at first we opened this restaurant thinking it would be a kind of a spot that people would come in and have a drink and an appetizer and maybe go next door to some of the other you know more sit down restaurants and then right. that changed relatively pretty quickly and it became this very fast paced uh busy restaurant and there's only 12 tables in the entire restaurant so it became hmm. very busy very, excuse me very busy and popular relatively quickly and Brad changed the menu to kind of make it so we could push food out fast and listen to our clientele. It's a, and made gourmet burgers really cool, outside the box thinking tacos, and then obviously kept the entrees for some of the people that wanted to come in there and get a nice bottle of wine. But we wanted to give people fresh, natural, and prep that day food. Um, you know, for every kind of person
0: that's coming into Stillwater to to walk around and shop. Joe Allen's and Brad Nordine are partners. In crime and in restaurants at uh, Lolo. What's the name of your group? Is there a name for all of these restaurants? No.
3: No. I mean, we kind of. <laughs> it's. I get mixed up talking about which restaurant I'm, I have to go to or what I have to do. So. Because I always
0: see you, and it's uh, always different. Yes. Sometimes you're at Lolito. Sometimes you're at Proper. Yes. Sometimes you're in Hudson. Yes.
3: <laughs> you just got to go where where you're either deficient or you have to make something or fix something, and.
0: Uh, which I, which city's food is better, Hudson or Stillwater? Get, oh, the <laughs> silence! I like it.
2: I mean, we have three restaurants at Stillwater, so
3: well, right. soon, Just soon to volume. be <laughs> soon to be four. So I mean, we gotta have to say <laughs> we kind of have to say Stillwater. I live in Hudson, so I'm gonna get I'm gonna get yelled at a lot. I, I love Hudson. I love Stillwater. I think they're both they both have various options for dining, and they're completely different towns in a sense. But um, how so, how are
0: they different? You think?
3: Um, I think that Hudson has a a more approachable walk breezeway, if you will, by the river. They have the boat launch right there. I think that they just have some different things that are great, and Stillwater does not necessarily have that.
0: Um, But you know, are the the diners different in what they like in the two cities, Brad?
2: Yeah, I think in Hudson you wind up with people going out for dinner more as like a dinner date or things like that. Where in Stillwater, it's a lot more of just people getting quick like tacos, getting burgers. And they're in and out, and you're just having people come.
0: It's part of their scene of, like, I'm going antiquing, or I'm going to a bar, or I'm going dancing, or whatever.
2: And I wouldn't say the food's any different quality. It's just kind of what they decide to order and how they approach going to dinner. Like, people in Hudson just—the scene seems to be more sit-down, longer dinners—
0: they drink groups. different, though.
3: Wisconsin people big time. Yeah, that was the fir- one of the first things we noticed. As we, tried I remember to have this-
0: you telling me this when I was sitting at the bar in Hudson at Lolo.
3: They do. They the Wisconsin people know how to party, and I, I got to give it up <laughs> to them. Uh, it's it's it was different to see just collectively when we had the same drink menu at both places, and we really pivoted quickly because there was a demand for a lot more different things of brandy and different um, uh, cocktails. They want a little bit more um, booze forward cocktails, and and so they get
0: started at 11.
3: Yes. Well, that's <laughs> that's actually late for them. 8, eight o'clock is uh, when you can start. Uh-huh. No, it, we, we changed pretty quickly just to yeah. kind of appease, and you know, which has been nice to have two different drink menus. And collectively, we have a little bit of a different food menu as well. Interesting. Slightly different.
0: Joe, your background, yeah. and we're talking with Joe Allens and Brad Nordine from Lolo, uh, Stillwater Proper, Lolito, and a new restaurant that's yeah, coming.
3: Yeah, we uh, just announced today that we are going to be opening at the – we're going to move Lolito down the street next to Lolo to a, a restaurant that you formerly called Mark's uh, Wine and Bistro Bar, and we're going to put Melt Pizza Company at the old Lolito site. Ah,
0: I've seen you posting all these yeah. pictures of Melt Pizza. Oh yeah,
3: we've been uh, we're we're taking a page out of the boys from uh, Robbinsdale, so we're we're we're
0: going back and forth. Ah, that's going to be great. Melt Pizza will go in the old Lolito spot, and that move is already happening. Is Lolito already being set up in in the Marks? space?
3: Yep, we're currently putting things together. When are we opening? Middle of January. (laughs) (laughs) Soonish.
0: Brad's like, I'm
2: not ready! I'm not ready! No, no, anyone that's started... Started to open up a restaurant. Noah, is that that is a question that can never be fully answered? Correct, because you don't know until the day that
0: you pull the that you open that door. You don't know until Sometimes. they tell you you can. Yeah, it's waiting for licensing and things. Building like that. Building inspection and
2: things sure. like that.
3: Stillwater proper was over two months delayed because the licensing didn't get to the state in time. So we were ready to go from our initial walkthrough, and it took over two months before we finally got the. That was uh, a
0: goofy deal, right? With uh, yeah, the way the staffing was working out on the state and how things were. They wouldn't tell me any information. Is, is bureaucracy and that sort of thing one of the biggest challenges that you two, I mean, you you employ a lot of people. You're a significant small business in Minnesota and also in Wisconsin. But the bureaucracy part of that, is that one of your biggest headaches?
2: Oh, I think it's, you know, the people we work with, with all the inspectors, are really down to earth. They work with us really well. I think the only time we did run into that issue was coming out of COVID when things were just... Crazy. So backed and up. It was, yeah, the world was just still backed yeah. up and it, pretty yeah. crazy. And otherwise, yeah, it's really you know, decent people that understand you know, that, you know, hey, we have people employed. We need to, you know, if we need something expedited, they're willing to work with us and figure yeah. out how we get it expedited so that we don't wind up, especially when a move, we've already got 25 to 35 people employed. Right. How do we do this as quickly as possible so that people aren't going to miss work for any significant amount of time?
3: Can't lose the employees. Everybody knows they're the heart and soul of the restaurant, and, uh, you know, they become family. So we're going to do everything we can to close the last uh, service to be on the last day of uh, December, um, and then we're going to try to open up a week later if we can. That's our goal. So then
0: people keep working. Yep. And, yep. Yeah,
3: you can't lose. I mean, you can't lose your employees. you got to do sure. you, you got to take care of them.
0: Nice. All right. One of our textures is asking what your favorite menu item is at Lolo. So we'll get the answer to that question. I also know that Joe has quite a background. The background is largely in bartending. And you are an incredible uh, cocktail creator. So I want to know some of your favorite. I was sort of indirectly, uh, a cocktail was indirectly named after me at one point. indirectly so we'll talk about that lots more if you have questions bring it on 651-461-9226 more to russia eats in minutes here on drive time we're just reminiscing that the first time i came in to brad and joe's restaurant in stillwater and the buzz when lolo opened was red hot which you don't hear that often about a non-minneapolis non-st paul restaurant but the buzz was high. But when I came out there, my kids were five and seven, and now I got, you know, one's going to college. Gosh. Almost we're high school senior and high school junior, which is crazy. You guys look the same though.
2: No, definitely like, not.
0: Absolutely, not. <laughs> ten, ten years is age. Uh, Derusha eats on a Thursday. We're talking with Brad Nordine and Joe Allens from Lolo Lolito Stillwater proper. Favorite menu item at Lolo, Brad? I mean, it's probably the classic Korean barbecue tacos. That's sort Um, of, that really was the buzz builder at the beginning.
2: Yeah, made with hanger steak and you sear the Korean barbecue onto the hanger steak, Um, a little Napa lemongrass slaw and some quick pickles and just the amount of umami and crunch and freshness with the steak is, yeah, I just had one the other day for about the first time in three years and I was like. So, I get why people order this. So tonight. good. It's still so
0: good. <laughs> incredible. Is it, it? It is incredible. Is it hard to not uh, tinker with the menu? You know, I think at some point you just you, – we
2: still tinker. And, like, the one thing I've done is let our chefs that have moved up over the years take more and more responsibility and just kind of help them along. And that's yeah. really great because now they come up with ideas that were some, uh, a lot better yeah. than ones I ever had. But – and we have to realize that, you know, people come in – to certain restaurants for something, yeah, and we have to kind of stay sort of the one twelve
0: or the Bar La yeah. lesson where those menus they had specials every once in a while, but the menu's pretty much been the same forever.
2: Yeah, so we rotate like the Amish chicken we get in. We rotate the hanger steak entrees, um, but like yeah, certain things like the um, smoked sea salt fries and yeah. the hanger steak, the mahi tacos those those stay forever. I mean that's just that's the way it goes it and people yeah. love them and you know but we're also going to also tinker with it and see how we can always make it the best and keep it and the cocktail to the menu level. changes
0: too which is part of the excitement for people
3: yeah we try to change it constantly and um this year was the first time i took off some of the ones that we haven't tinkered with in the last couple of years and it was, uh, we got a lot of feedback from people not happy about it we were still obviously able to make the drinks but you got to just keep moving on and, and yeah. getting better and better otherwise you kind of hit this point where you're just like what's the point uh you get constantly you get, get better. And um, our bar team, um, they do a great job. And they cut, like Brad said, my bar team comes up with a lot of cool things that I have never thought of. I'm like, oh, that would never work. And you taste it, and you're like, how did that work? Um, so they're always bringing fresh in, uh, ideas to me. And But we just try to change with the season and make it, you know, obviously it's winter right now, so we're a little bit more winter heavy. We got rid of all of our, obviously, fall cocktails. Sure. And then, you know, before you know it, it's going to be spring, so we're going to be starting thinking about a little bit more gin-esque Cocktails. Do um, people,
0: are you noticing any trends? Is it different the way people will experiment or try cocktails in Stillwater than maybe they would in in Minneapolis or St. Paul? Or do you think it's sort of cocktail culture is everywhere now?
3: I think at first, when we first opened up, a lot of people were hesitant about some of the um, verbiage and vocabulary on the menu for the drinks. And I think over time, they've developed uh, an idea that we... Kind of, they have some trust in us, hmm. um, but you know we're still getting the people that come in and they say the same thing. I will not drink gin. I will not drink tequila, and they have yeah. these certain things. And the first thing you ask them is, when did you get sick or when did you have too much? Because that's generally what happened is, you know, when they were you know younger, they had an issue with it and they they overconsumed. And now my thing is, I just tell them I'll make them something without those products and I put it in there specifically. And then they say I love it, and I tell them it's oh it's got gin in it, and they get all mad at me. But you know that's that's everybody has their issues, but I mean for the most part, I think it's it's we're on level or par with Minneapolis, people kind of understand cocktails a lot more now yeah. than they did 10 years ago or nine years ago.
0: Yeah, I I agree 100%. I think what you guys are serving up, you could move that menu to any location in, in the cities, and it would destroy. People would love it. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, uh, Brad Nordine, Joe Allen's with us. Uh, you did have a drink sort of named after me, and it was called...
3: It was called uh, Kylie's Arm Candy, if I remember right. <laughs> that is right.
0: <laughs> Kylie's Arm Candy, because Kylie uh, Burris was my co-anchor. Yes. Or I was her co-anchor, depending on the audience. Exactly. Uh, Kylie is off in Denver, Colorado during the weather now. <laughs> she abandoned me. She left you. She left me. It hurt. She wanted her, warmer weather. She did. She wanted the outdoors life. I don't know if anyone's named a cocktail after her. But when she tried to take credit for it being named after her, I said it's called Kylie's Arm yeah, Candy. That's the, me. The cocktail was named after you. Yes. And what? Do you remember what was in it?
3: Yeah. It was a. Um, it was a green tea uh, infused, uh, fat wash scotch with a uh i think it was a rosemary god it's been a while uh, i think it was rosemary infused madeira port right. finish yeah. and then some fresh lemon and i think some bitters in there but it was yeah it was it was a good cocktail it was a good
0: cocktail yeah yeah
3: but for, uh, we're going back a couple years now that was
0: back a ways for sure maybe it's time like now that back. or a new maybe a new i brought you your own spirit de russian amaro <laughs> i love it i love it uh in the new year, that's when hopefully everything will be set and ready to rock. Yeah, that's the hope. Number one thing you're excited about in the new year, Brad?
2: Less stress and it's <laughs> yeah. over. Is the
0: stress the staffing side of things? Um, no, actually,
2: that's been that's really been all right. great for us. Um, we have such a great staff that people have stayed with us. I mean, that, we've got. That's
0: cool. I wondered if it was harder because obviously you have a smaller kind of residential and, population to draw from out there.
2: Yeah, um, it's a lot more networking. It's less on Craigslist. It's less on Indeed, and you're just networking with people and finding.
0: Who do you, you know, know? And yeah, we.
2: and for us, it's been it's not about the talent so much as it's about the person yeah. and getting really good people, and we can train them and bring them up, and
0: for sure.
3: that's
2: really where we find success.
3: 100%. You know, if you don't have any bartending skills, but you're a great person, you have a great personality, we can give you the tools to succeed, and that to us makes more sense than – You know, hiring some person that works at a bartender, you know, at some club and they think they know everything. Right.
0: Well, go see, go to Stillwater or the airport. Lolo's at the airport as well. Oh, yeah. And in Hudson and then Lolito, Stillwater Proper Distilling and coming soon, Melt Pizza Company. Yes. All right. Can't wait to try your pizza. Thank you guys for coming in. Thank you, sir. I'm a big fan. It's great to have you on the show. Thanks so much for listening to the DeRussia Eats podcast on WCCO Radio, 830 AM. We do conversations with chefs, with farmers, with small business people every Tuesday and Thursday at 4 p.m. The podcast is available every week. If you enjoyed what you heard, I would love for you to leave us a review. Give us however many stars you can. I don't know, 10, 20 stars would be nice, five stars, and leave your feedback as well. It really helps us grow and helps support covering the food community here at WCCO Radio and in the DeRussia Eats podcast. If you'd like to email me with an idea or a question about the restaurant scene, you can email Jason at Odyssey, A-U-D-A-C-Y dot com. Jason at Odyssey dot com. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time on the DeRusha Eats podcast. Thanks for listening to DeRussia Eats. Dan Cook is our producer. Jason DeRussia is your host. Please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review. DeRussia Eats is a production of Odyssey.